On today's show, the Houston Rockets somehow survive a Detroit Pistons team that was missing two starters. Fred Van Vliet with some insanely clutch buckets late. Jabari Smith Jr.'s defense was out of this world in this game. Jaden Ivey with a shot that rimmed in and out at the end of the game. We're going to break it all down for you coming up right here at Locked on Rockets. This is Mission Control, Houston. Ignition sequence start. Throw it up to Jalen Green. Shingoon here in the short row. Oh, my, that's the no look. Jabari for three and the win. Yeah! Look at Tari Eason. Here comes Tari. T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. The Houston Rockets select Amen Thompson and Cam Whitmore. One thing I have never done is not made the playoffs, and so we want to take that step here as well. Six, five. Four, three, two, one. A win is a win is a win. It was an ugly win, but a win is a win. What's up and welcome to another edition of Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. As always, I'm your host, Jackson Gatlin, native Houstonian and credentialed media member. I'm also the host of Locked on NBA Mondays. Be sure to follow along on Twitter at JT Gatlin and the show, of course, at Locked on Rockets, free and available wherever you listen to your podcasts, including YouTube. Now, today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50-plus different infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com and use code Locked On to get $20 off your order. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. And as always, thank you so much for making Locked On Rockets part of your day every single day, whether you're on the way to work, on your lunch break, in the gym, uh, praying to whatever deity you believe in that the Rockets don't ever <laughs> come this close to losing a game to the Detroit Pistons ever again. Uh, thank you for being an every day, or thank you for making the show part of your day every single day. Rockets scrape out the 112-110 win against a Detroit Pistons team that did not have Cade Cunningham, that did not have Boyan Bogdanovich, and that did not have any reason to be in this game and and leading the, the Pistons were in command of this game for most of the evening and somehow not somehow there were two main reasons that the Rockets were able to secure this win the number one reason was Fred Van Vliet who who led the charge late in this game number two reason was Jabari Smith Jr., whose defense saved the Rockets on numerous occasions in this game. The ending of this game was absolutely insane. So let's run it back because I gotta give I gotta give so much credit to Fred Van Vliet and, and Jabari Smith Jr., who had zero interest in losing this basketball game. Fred Van Vliet is your locked on Rockets player of the game. Jabari Smith, you know, and you know what? Co-locked on Rockets player of the game. Fred and Jabari, they both get it because they were the two guys who showed up. Jabari was consistent all game. Jabari was awesome. His defense was there, and Fred showed up when it mattered most. He was a bit of a non-factor in the first half, but had a huge second half, had 17 of his points there in the second half, had 12 of them in the fourth quarter, including a personal 8-0 run to give the Rockets the lead to take command of this game late. Uh, 
it started. I mean, late late in this game, Rockets were Rockets were trailing uh, one hundred seven to one hundred two, and Jabari Smith Jr. and Jaden Ivey had been cooking all game. Jabari Smith Jr. checks Jaden Ivey, forces him into a really tough contested floater, and, and that's just par for the course. Jabari's defense was so impressive on whoever he was guarding in this game. So many important stops, especially down the stretch of this game, that we're going to get into some of them here. Forces Ivy into a tough miss. Fred then comes down on the other end, gets an and one bucket, drives it in, hits Kevin Knox, gets the gets the contact, finishes the play. It's 107-105. Rockets are trailing by a bucket. Ivy comes down, gets fouled by Jalen Green, misses two key free throws. Huge misses there by Jaden Ivy. Subsequent possession. Rockets run some offense. Jalen Green tries to drive it in, and he's a little indecisive on the drive. We're not sure if he's going to shoot. He tries to get the ball back to Shingoon. Pistons blow it up. It's a turnover. Comes back down on the other end. Jalen Duran goes up for a shot right at the rim. Jabari erases the shot from Jalen Duran and somehow gets the block and subsequently the rebound on the same possession, which is really hard to do, to block a shot and also be in position to like get the ball back. So Jabari secures it, gets fouled, Rockets take the ball out of bounds. Fred comes up, gets a quick screen from Alper and Shingun, drills a three-pointer. That's six of his eight points in quick succession. Rockets are now leading at this point, 108-107. They're leading by a point. Pistons come back down on the next possession. Jaden Ivey turns the ball over. And I, credit, Jalen Green was checking him on this possession. I don't know if it was just Ivy just dribbled it like off his leg, if Jalen, you know, tipped it. However, it, it, it the ball wound up in Jabari Smith Jr.'s hands. So he's credited with the steal. Um, he was cheating out of the corner off of Isaiah Stewart, uh, using his length to really kind of, you know, shut down that driving lane. So Jaden Ivy was going to run into a wall, even if he didn't lose the ball. But he did. Jabari recovers it. Uh, and then Fred Van Vliet puts up a very quick, Long two to give the Rockets a three-point cushion at this point, 110-107. And the you know, Pistons call timeout. Fred immediately goes to the bench, and he is in Alper and Shingun's face, explaining to him, hyping him up, getting him to lock in. And basically, he we see it on the very next possession, but he's explaining to Shingun, hey, they're about to load up on me, right? I just scored eight points in a row. They're going to try and shut me down. You're going to have a free roll to the rim. Very next possession comes in. Rockets run their play. They they load up on Fred Van Vliet. Basically, they're showing him like two, three bodies almost on the perimeter because they don't want him to hit another shot. Fred dimes up Alpi, who rolls hard to the rim and slams it home, and that's the exclamation point, giving the Rockets a 112-110 advantage and the final play though of this game uh you know fred had a chance to to hit another three after that lp dunk missed it uh and it's 112 110 and i swear man the final possession of this game just (laughs) pistons run it up and jaden ivy gets a screen Jabari switches onto him, and Jabari doesn't want Ivy to blow by him, so he's a little bit lower than you'd probably want him to be defensively. Jaden Ivy gets a good look at a three. As soon as he releases it, Ryan Hollins is on the prize. He goes, oh, no. <laughs> he goes, oh, God. <laughs> Off the glass, 
rims in and out, does a whole tour inside the basket, and ultimately pops out. And then Jalen Duran is right there. <laughs> Jalen Duran had the ball like in his hands and, and could have put the ball back up and in and tied the game to force overtime, and he fumbled the offensive putback. And Fred Van Vliet was right there below him uh, and secured the ball as soon as Duran bobbled it. And, and then dribbled out the clock. So the Rockets escape this one in Detroit, their first win of this road trip. And they needed it, man. They needed this one. A win is a win. Even if it's, a, even if it's an ugly win, even if it's a mid-off, whatever, between two bad teams. Uh, Alperin Shingun was the walk-off interview, and first thing he said is he, he was like, we didn't, we didn't have good effort. We didn't play well. We were bad, you know, paraphrasing, but, uh, you know, Al, Al P calling it how he sees it. The Rockets were awful in this game. They really were, but they showed up when it mattered. They got the contributions they needed throughout the game um, from, you know, from Jalen, big time second quarter. We'll talk about that in a second. Alperin Shingun, who had, a, you know, a really strong offensive game, but had his own struggles in this one. Fred VanVleet showing up huge in the fourth quarter, 12 of his points there in the fourth, that 8-0 run to put the Rockets back in front. Jabari Smith Jr. with so many important defensive stops, especially late in this game. Somehow the Rockets managed to win, man. And and look, at the end of the day, at the end of the season, when you're looking at the standings, nobody's going to care how you got your wins. A win is a win. And sometimes you got to have an ugly win. And the Rockets managed to wake up just in time in this game, uh, after trailing by double digits at various points in this game, they they managed to escape Detroit with a win. A ton of credit to Fred VanVleet. He is that guy. He showed up when it mattered most. Jabari Smith Jr., his defense. I want to unpack some more specifics from this game, talk a little bit about you know Fred's late game execution, his play. Talk about Jabari Smith Jr., because it wasn't just Jabari's defense in this game. Offensively, he was... Driving, finishing at an elite level around the rim? So much to be impressed with from Jabari Smith Jr. in this game. We'll talk about Alpi's game, Jalen's game. Uh, a lot more to break down from this one. We're going to get there in just one moment. First, today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Look, I, I know we come to sports to escape from some of the scary realities of real life, but can we talk for just a minute about preparing for real life? Because according to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade, which is, you know, pretty scary stuff to consider. I can't imagine a more helpless feeling than if a close friend or a loved one got sick while a supply chain issue kept them from the life-saving medication that they needed. Thankfully, you don't have to worry about that because Jace Medical has you covered. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, skin infections, and so many other things that you might have to worry about. This stuff could happen to any one of us. Visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It'll be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of their regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared than today. Go to jacemedical.com and use offer code LOCKEDON to get $20 off your order. Again, that's code LOCKEDON for $20 off your order at jacemedical.com. And continuing on here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Talking about the Rockets 112-110 win against the Detroit Pistons. And that 
that end of the game was so crazy. I, I look. I'm just glad I'm not. I'm just glad I don't have to talk about a Pistons loss, man. I was. I was ready to do like I've got like a little like brown bag over here that I was gonna like put on my head and just like I was gonna do like the bag over the head I was gonna like dim the lights in the room just embrace the darkness if the Rockets had lost to the Pistons because they would have been you know the punchline of a very terrible joke uh, had that happened to losing to the Pistons with no Cade Cunningham no Boyan Bogdanovich that would have been just awful thankfully we don't have to talk about that the Rockets managed to show up when it mattered and again uh, the 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 guy who led the charge here was Fred Van Vliet. And I know I, I kind of recapped the end of the game, but I just want to highlight here for a moment, you know, what it means to have a leader like Fred on the floor. Because it's one thing, right, to have the improved coaching staff and have Emo Doka and all that, but you need a guy like that on the floor that can be a calming influence. And that's exactly what Fred is for this young group. He is a calming influence you have confidence that he's going to make the right play or the right decision late in games. I know he missed that three-pointer late, you know, with a chance to give the Rockets a bit more of a buffer. But at the end of the day, like, you live with that shot. That's a, that's a shot you're okay with Fred taking because up to that point, he was on fire. He was hitting everything, right? He showed up when it mattered most in this game. So you live with his decisions because, by and large, Fred makes really good decisions over the course of the game in this one. Not only did he have the 8-0 run to take control of the game, not only was he, you know, leading the charge there in the fourth quarter and 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 spearheaded the comeback, he had 12 dimes. 12 dimes, zero turnovers. Like, like Fred is is so much better than advertised. Like I was excited about the Fred signing and he has been even better than I expected him to be as a Houston Rocket. So I just want to give him a lot of credit for being the leader that this young group of of players needs. And for showing up in moments like this late in games and for being the the conductor, the orchestrator uh, and getting everybody lined up, you know, getting Al P in the right position to to have that exclamation point dunk at the end. The uh, the Rockets final bucket in this game. A lot of good stuff from Fred Van Vliet in this one, even if he didn't, you know, again, he kind of slept walk a little bit there uh, or was sleepwalking a little bit in the first half. But the whole team was kind of sleepwalking in the first half. Um the whole team minus, well, it was just kind of a weird game. Like, the game flow was super weird in this one. It was choppy. You know, the Pistons were on fire early from three, and then they cooled off. Offensively, Jabari Smith Jr. started the game in a big way. He had that big dunk early on, had was like eight or nine points in the first quarter. He was, you know, finishing well at the rim, getting a lot of looks on the inside. Uh, Shingun had it going early, and then Jalen took over the scoring burden in the second quarter. Uh, it was just, it was a, you know, the Rockets just really didn't have an answer defense, defensively for the Pistons. You know, and it's it's frustrating, it's concerning, because even though Jabari individually had a really great, phenomenal defensive game and had a lot of really impressive defensive stops, especially at key crucial moments in this game the Rockets as a team their defense has been really suspect as of late and that's just kind of the case when you're missing your two best defenders in in Dylan Brooks and Tari Eason and that's just the reality of the situation right now is when the Rockets are not focused and locked in which they really weren't in this game Ryan Hollins talked about it keys to the game going in that focus was a big part of it is you don't walk in there and expect an easy win against the Detroit Pistons even though they're missing two of their best players even though they're missing uh, you, you know, even though they've, you know, they're what three and they were three and thirty-five going into this game. 
you don't you don't play the record. You play the team in front of you. And the Rockets didn't do that. They kind of they didn't show up with the right energy, the right intensity, and Detroit took advantage of that. And that's why they led and they were in command of most of this game until the Rockets really woke up there in the fourth quarter. But for Jabari, the the defense and again he Jabari can't he, you know he he can't carry the Rockets defense by himself. But he made enough important stops and important plays in this game that he gets a lot of credit. And his defense has really just risen to a completely different level this season. Uh, we've highlighted his defensive growth many different times this year. But he he's playing defense at arguably an all-defensive caliber level at this point. There's still certain matchups where, you know, guys will get the better of him or, you know, he, he sometimes struggles, you know, guarding true power forwards and centers because he's just doesn't he's just not big enough yet but as Jabari continues to gain muscle gain size those matchups are going to become even easier for him but you see just how versatile he is right the moments where he was checking Jaden Ivey in this game using his length moving his feet incredibly well that was a big issue for him last year is you know he was billed as this incredibly switchable versatile defender who could guard bigs and and smaller players and you know switch you know one through five whatever and he really kind of struggled on smaller faster players last year because he wasn't moving his feet well defensively this year it's not the case. His the the technique is there. He sw- he moves his feet incredibly well. He stays in front of defenders. He uses his length. And the biggest thing for Jabari, the the crazy thing is just his rebounding numbers. His rebounding is off the charts this year. He really has made it a focal point of his game to just focus on the rebounding, focus on the defense, and he lets the offense come to him. And in this game specifically, he was incredibly aggressive. He was only one of three outside shooting in this one. But he was 6 of 12 inside the arc. Everything coming inside the paint. Pretty much right at the rim. Every shot that he got. And for him to be able to finish at the rim at the level that he was in this game. Driving, absorbing contact, using his length to finish round defenders. That's huge for Jabari. Because we know that when he's got it going, you know, when he's hitting his midi, when he's got the shot falling. He's basically unguardable from the perimeter because he can elevate and shoot over anybody. But now, if he's got the ability, and we've seen it, you know, sporadically throughout his career, but if he can put the ball on the deck and take, you know, one to two strong dribbles and then finish at the rim with consistency, I don't see how anybody's ever really going to be able to guard him. He doesn't need a bag. He doesn't need to be able to, like, cross you up and, you know, break you down off the dribble to get to the rim because when you're that much bigger and taller and and down the line going to be stronger than a lot of the players that he's playing against then you don't need all that. You just need a couple good, you know, effective dribbles, and you need to be able to finish at the rim, and that's exactly what he did in this game. So not only was he, you know, incredible defensively in this one, but offensively, I thought we saw another another dimension to Jabari's game. And if he can add, you know, the finishing at the rim consistently to his game as well as you know the other elements of his game where we know that he can he can you know he's money from the mid-range usually and the three ball has been a lot better this year again hovering around you know just under 40 percent three-point shooting on the season then he really is turning into an effective three-level scorer and that's huge for Jabari because he's he's a guy that down the line you're looking at a guy who's going to give you 20 and 10 on a consistent basis with elite all-nba caliber defense that is a year-in year-out all-star uh, and that's easily, you know, possibly the best player on a contender, maybe second best player, whatever. But that's that's an all-star caliber player. And that's exactly who the Rockets thought they were getting when they drafted him. And that's what he's turning into. So wanna wanted to make sure that we highlighted Jabari here because I thought he was 
just really good in this game. So Fred and Jabari, the two guys leading the Rockets to this win. Uh, Fred with his offense late in this game uh, and, and you know orchestrating. He I, he also had like four or five dimes I think uh, in in that final frame if I'm not mistaken or maybe it was the maybe I'm mistaken it was the third quarter but uh, Fred was just Fred was big right steering the ship Jabari the defensive stops highlighted all of those you know, those key moments the final three ish minutes of this one uh, in that first segment uh, I do want to talk about though. Jalen Green's performance as well as Alperin Shingun's performance in this one because they both had big nights offensively in this game. Alperin Shingun with 29 points, Jalen Green with 28 points, but a bit of a mixed bag from both of them and for for different reasons that I want to highlight here in just one moment as well as final thoughts from this one. We're going to get there in just one moment. First, today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. PrizePix is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. They're the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports because it's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you just pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. It's really that simple. PrizePix is so easy to play. You can make your picks and submit an entry in less than 60 seconds. They've got quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types, which is what makes PrizePix the number one. DFS app on the market. And here's the really cool thing. PrizePix even offers a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. For football and basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, the player is rebooted. PrizePix is the only DFS platform with an injury insurance policy. So if you've been thinking about getting into daily fantasy sports, you've got to give PrizePix a try. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's Promo code locked on NBA. Just go to prizepix.com slash locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. PrizePix is daily fantasy sports made easy. And final segment here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. I almost forgot. I, I need a little Easter egg here for our YouTube viewers. I don't know what the hell this guy is, but he's in my hotel room here in Boston. He's a little creepy looking. Uh, but this is gonna be my little buddy for the final segment. Can I prop him up here? Whatever. I'll just I'll just hold him up here like this. Um, yeah, I don't know what this is. Apparently, the hotel sells these, so I'm just gonna yeah. Actually, no, screw that. Just go over there. Anyways, final segment. Uh, want to talk about Jalen Alpie and a couple of the other uh, noteworthy things from this Rockets Pistons game. Jeff Green getting hurt. That one. That one feels really bad. Uh, an already banged up Rockets team loses yet another key contributor. Uh, no idea. No update yet on how long Jeff might be out for. But I think it's a safe assumption he will more than likely not be available on the second night of the back to back here uh, when the Rockets play the Celtics. So that's unfortunate. So no Tari for sure. Likely no Jeff. Maybe Dylan plays because he's supposed to return at some point on this road trip. But anyways, uh, let's go Jalen Green first. Because Jalen in this game, he had 28 points. He had 28 points on 25 shot attempts. Now here's the thing. Jalen had an incredible second quarter. 16 points. 6 of 10 shooting, he was on fire, he was unguardable in that second quarter. Pardon me. I don't have my cough button when I'm on the road. 
Uh, he had a 55% usage rate in the second quarter. That's absurd to think about. But and the Rockets kept they they kept going to him. They were feeding the hot hand. He was aggressive. He was driving. He was getting to the free throw line. He was he got to the free throw line nine times. Hit eight of them. Uh, really impressive stuff from Jalen in the second quarter. But that nine of twenty five shooting also means that outside of the second quarter he was three of fifteen for the rest of the game. So I, I want to give Jalen his credit because he was awesome in the second quarter, and he dug the Rockets out of the first early deficit that they faced with the Pistons. Uh, they trailed, you know, by seven after the first quarter, 30 to 23. They trailed by as many as 12 in the second quarter, I believe. And Jalen dug them out of that 12-point deficit in the second quarter. He was that good. Um, he was all of the Rockets' offense, basically, in the second quarter. So I want to give him credit for that. But this is just kind of the issue where with, with Jalen, I'm, I'm not going to... You know, I look, I, lo- I love the aggressiveness from him, and that's what he has to be. He has to be aggressive. He has to take those shots. I didn't really, it, it's not like he was taking bad shots throughout the game. In fact, I, I really felt like, you know, the shots that he was taking were good shots. He didn't really make a ton of mistakes. Uh, the one thing that I, you know, I noticed multiple times this game, and this has been a recurring issue with Jalen, is, you know, he gets stripped a lot on drives to the rim. Like, he'll, he'll beat his defender because he's got that insane first step, and then, you know, either you know a, a second defender comes over and digs at the ball, or or you know somebody rotates over, or even the defender that he beats gets a hand in there. And I don't know if it's just a technique thing, like the way that Jalen's like protecting the ball on drives, or if it's like a strength thing. We know that he's got kind of like smaller-ish hands, which could be a problem. But I do wonder, right, as Jalen gets stronger, as he gets bigger, if that'll just naturally get better because that's something that he has to get better at is just protecting the ball on drives. Uh, the number of times that he'll he'll break, you know, beat a defender and then still loses the ball when he's getting ready to go up because they strip him is a little maddening. So there's elements of Jalen's game that we know that we've we've highlighted right that that he needs to get better at. But by and large, you know, he was a part he he was a part of the Rockets win. You know, even though he struggled in the second half and the offense wasn't there and he, he wasn't hitting shots. He was a big part of that second quarter. That 16 points was important. Uh, and again, his 28 for the game, even though it wasn't an efficient 28 whatsoever, uh, they needed every single one of those 28 points to be able to eke out this win. So he he did his thing. It's just it's a little bit more of the same, right, as he has one, maybe two good quarters in a game, and then he has a couple quarters where they're just not good. And I don't know what the solution is at this point, whether you take the shots away from him when he starts missing or do you live with those shots and you're just like, no, he's cool because, you know, if he hits, you know, four or five more shots, then we're talking about a very different game right now where we're like, hey, he had an efficient, awesome game and he had like a, a 30 piece or a 35 piece, whatever, against uh, against the Pistons. It's also worth noting this was Jalen's first time playing in Detroit ever since, uh, you know, and he made those uh, comments about the city after he was drafted and after he didn't get taken by the Detroit Pistons, number one overall. So uh, this was definitely probably an opportunity for him where, of course, he wanted to show out and, and make sure he got some buckets and, you know, played well against the city that passed over him um, that he made sure to uh, <laughs> that he made sure to share some comments about. So, yeah, look, I'm not, I'm not going to harp on Jalen too much. It You know, I didn't I didn't have an issue with the shots that he was taking. It's just a matter of, you know, he didn't hit the shots, you know, in the second half. So. Um, by and large, though, I thought he had a, I thought he had a good game. 
Uh, Alperin Shingun, 29 points, and he was he was cooking offensively in this one. 29 points, 12 of 19. It was kind of weird, though, that the last time the Rockets played the Pistons in Houston, um, in the third quarter, they realized, hey, maybe we shouldn't let Al P play straight up against Jalen Duran, or we shouldn't like just post him up, because Jalen Duran's actually a pretty decent one-on-one defender, and instead, let's carve him up in the pick and roll, right? Get him in motion and then attack him with LP, you know, out of those short little, you know, elbow pick and rolls. Uh, and they didn't really do that a ton in this game. It was really weird. Like, I don't know. I, I felt like the Rockets found like the recipe for attacking the Pistons defensively or offensively, whatever last game. And then they just didn't really do that this game. Uh, and there, it's not that there were moments where LP was like struggling, but, uh, cause again, he was still, he had 29 points, 12 of 19 shooting, he had it going. Uh, so maybe they just didn't feel the need to. Um, but what really stood out from Al P in this game, the offense was there. We know what he's good at offensively. Uh, defensively, he really struggled to contain the bigs in this game. He struggled in the pick and roll at times. He had a couple good moments where he you know, broke up a lob play and you know had some good stops. But uh, it really felt like the interior was kind of just open in this game. And a big part of that is the Rockets' perimeter defense is was not great, and I'll get to that in a second here. Uh, so their perimeter defense really struggled in this one, which is also going to make the interior defense look worse. But uh, the biggest part, and this was my, my biggest frustration with Alpi in this game, is the rebounding. Um, it really felt like he wasn't doing a good enough job, you know, boxing out, whether it was Duran, Isaiah Stewart, uh you know, Bagley, like, you know, not, not that, not that any one of them had like a massive rebound total, like individually. I mean, you look up and down, you know, Isaiah Stewart only had seven boards. Jalen Duran had eight of them. You know, it's not like, I don't know. It's, it's not like they dominated the glass so much that you're just like, oh, well he was a non-factor. It's just Alpi's the big man. It's his responsibility to box out. It's his responsibility to be active on the boards. And I felt like he really wasn't. In this game, and, and you know, you expect more from Alpi than than what he gave you uh, in the rebounding department in this one. Maybe he was a little gassed, whatever it was. Again, he talked about it after the game. He said the effort wasn't there. So uh, we know that he's one of his own worst critics. We know that you know he's going to look back on this and 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 figure out and understand that he needs to be better moving forward. But I, I wanted to make sure I pointed that out because the Rockets as a team are not a big team. And you look at Jabari, who did his work on the boards. He had 11 rebounds, six of them on the defensive glass, five offensive boards. Uh, only six rebounds for Alper and Shingun is, is largely kind of unacceptable. That needs to be better, uh, especially when you're dealing with a team like the Pistons, who have a lot of size, right? They're basically running two centers in Jalen Duran and Isaiah Stewart. Uh, Kevin Knox has a lot of size. And then, you know, off the bench, they brought in, you know, Bagley. Um, not that he's a big dude, but... Uh, and then when you're not when you're not boxing out when you're not doing the work on the glass and you are susceptible to other guys sneaking in for offensive rebounds like Asar Thompson who got a couple offensive boards Jaden Ivey who was all over the offensive glass in this game had five offensive rebounds so the Pistons actually beating the Rockets in the rebounding department 46 to 41 um, not a good recipe not something you want to see happen um, but hey look Rockets got the win ugly win but they got it. Uh, speaking about, or, you know, I mentioned the Rockets' lack of perimeter defense a moment ago, and that has been, you know, without Dylan, without Tari, that's been a recurring issue, and it's going to continue to be an issue until one, if not both of those guys actually come back. But it, it was interesting to see Ime Udoka try and go a different route in this game, lineup-wise. So, 
Uh, instead, you know, last game against the Bulls, we saw Cam Whitmore uh, get the nod to close out the game and to be, you know, a part of the rotation late. This game, we saw Reggie Bullock. We saw his number called in this one. And uh, Reggie playing a majority of the minutes there in the fourth quarter. He had like nine and a half minutes played in the final frame. Uh, on you know, He had 21 minutes on the evening. He was the minutes high man off the Rockets bench. 21 minutes played off the Rockets bench in this one. And I just, I don't, I, I think it's like a veteran thing because it's like, okay, it's he's the safe pick, he's a veteran, but... Reggie's lost a step, man. Like, there was a play late in this game where Jaden Ivey blew by Reggie Bullock, and he looked like a turnstile. He was just, he barely moved, and Jaden Ivey was gone and already at the rim before Reggie, like, even registered that he was driving. Um, So Reggie is still, you know, serviceable against other wing players, but in the Rockets' defensive scheme where they like to switch all the actions, I don't like him out there because against smaller, faster players, he really does struggle, and that's been an issue this season in the in the spot minutes that Reggie Bullock has played. He really struggles guarding smaller, quicker, faster players. And the reason Ime Odoka had him out there is because offensively, the Rockets need spacing. So there's just not a perfect answer right now because... <coughs> pardon me. Because right now, Jay Sean Tate gives you the defense but he does not give you the spacing that you need offensively for the other starters to thrive. Cam Whitmore gives you the spacing you want offensively, but he also struggles defensively from a defensive, you know, situational awareness perspective. He'll make rookie mistakes. He'll have some bad fouls. So you deal with your lumps there, even though individually when Cam is playing man-to-man defense, he's really solid. It's just from a team construct defensively, he has issues, at least right now because he's young. And then Reggie is good from a team perspective. He understands rotations. He understands schemes. He understands where he needs to be. But from a physical perspective, he just doesn't have the, you know, the the juice anymore to keep up with some of these players and gets burnt, you know, defensively. And then he is also a spacing option. So it's like each one of them <laughs> has their struggles. So it's like, take your pick because you're you're giving up something with any one of those three guys. And those are the three guys that you had as your options to plug in with the rest, with the other four Rocket starters, with Fred, Jalen, Jabari, and Al P. So it, it's just, it's frustrating. because And, and again, you know, I, I saw some people, you know, saying, oh, well, Amin would have, you know, you could have plugged Amin in and, and let, let, let him play. Same issue as Jay Sean Tate. Amin doesn't provide the floor spacing. So there you go. Um, I don't know. The Rockets really don't have a, a solid answer to it. Uh, Jeff Green probably would have been a better answer, even though Jeff Green is not exactly a floor spacer. Uh, he's a connective piece. He's a good passer. So maybe Jeff would have been a better answer to have out there, you know, closing out this game, but he got hurt. So the Rockets really don't have a great answer yet. And Ime Odoka has to kind of just judge the game and decide, okay, is he going more defense oriented? Does he need the team defense? Does he need the individual defense? Because that's the difference between Reggie Bullock and Jay Sean Tate. Or does he need the offense of a Cam Whitmore, somebody who is, you know, a bit more reliable? Because Reggie, unfortunately, um, even though defenses treat him like a floor spacer and a shooter, he has not been good from from distance either. He has not shooting the ball well. So the Rockets are just struggling from a roster standpoint. They've got a lot of holes in this roster. They're dealing with the injuries. But they got an ugly win, and that's all that matters. <laughs> it's just, oh, God. Let's just, let's just never talk about this game again. I don't want to have to talk about this game. The Rockets are done with the Pistons. It was another twin night. The Twins were not heavily featured in this game. Quiet nights from both. 
Amin and Asar Thompson. Uh, Cam Whitmore, a little rough off the bench, one of seven shooting, one of five from three-point land. And weirdly, Aaron Holiday, only three minutes played in this game. I actually, I don't know if I missed it. I don't think Aaron got hurt, did he? Like, I, 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 I caught myself wondering. I was like, where is Aaron Holiday? And I don't remember them saying anything during the broadcast. Maybe I was just completely spacing on it. I mean, I watched I watched the whole game. Um, maybe I looked away for I don't know. Uh, I'll, I'll find out what happened with Aaron uh, when the Rockets get here to, to Boston because that's where I am currently at. Uh, but it's not looking great for the Celtics game, unfortunately. Uh, second night of a back-to-back, and Rockets exerted a ton of effort against the Pistons, and now they're going to have to face a Celtics team that is undefeated at home, that is coming off of a very embarrassing loss, their worst loss of the season on the road against the Milwaukee Bucks. And not only that, it's also Ime Odoka's return trip to Boston, so you know they're going to want to show off in front or, you know, show up their old coach, all of that. So the Rockets are basically headed for a schedule loss. I would love to be wrong about that. I would love for the Rockets to prove me wrong, and I would love for the Rockets to somehow hand the Celtics their first home loss of the season. Do I think it's going to happen? More than likely not, but I would love to be wrong about that. On that note, Give me your thoughts from this Rockets-Pistons game. Just just whatever uh, thoughts, emotions, feelings you had about the final sequence of events. Jaden Ivey's three ball that, you know, went down, around, in and out. You know, took a whole tour around the cylinder and decided to pop back out. Uh, the Rockets, you know, snatching victory from the jaws of defeat. Everything we talked about in this episode, let me know in the YouTube comments. Give me your thoughts. Uh, if you haven't done so yet, subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts uh, and search us up on YouTube. Search Locked on Rockets. Like, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff. But as always, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. And we look forward to having you back right here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. <laughs>